The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Tomorrow we will be concluding with the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul, the week of prayer for Christian unity. So let's keep in a particular way our prayers over these next couple of days to conclude this week, that one day we may all profess the same faith, celebrate the same Eucharist, and be united under the same vicar, uh, the Holy Father. Today is also uh, the third Sunday of Ordinary Time. Pope Francis has asked us to remember in a special way the Word of God. So he's asked us to celebrate this as a Sunday of the Word of God. And it's really more of a reminder. There's many things in our life of faith that we do them, but it's always good to take a moment and then reflect on why we do them. The why is so important. Because we always run that risk of just going through the motions, falling into a little bit of spiritual routine, uh, many times doing things on autopilot, so to speak. And we don't draw, we draw only a fraction of the spiritual richness out of all those treasures that our Lord has entrusted to us, not only for our holiness, but for the holiness of those that we love and the holiness of the whole world. So today we're grateful in a particular way for the gift of the Word of God in our lives. Even with everything that we've suffered over the last year with all this thing about COVIDness and lockdowns and those moments even where we couldn't come together and celebrate the Eucharist, we always had with us the Word of God. Jesus in our hearts, thanks to our baptism, but also in those moments where we couldn't come and receive him sacramentally in the Eucharist, all of us had that copy of the the Bible on our nightstand, on our bookshelf, whatever, and we could take that off, and we take that down, dust it off. Hopefully you didn't have to dust it off. It didn't have any dust on it, right, because you're using it a lot. And really open that book and see what does God want to say to me today. And that's the beauty of having the liturgy of the word every time we celebrate the Eucharist. The church has set up the readings so that over a period of three years, we go through all the Gospels on Sundays. Over a period of two years, we go through practically all of the readings of the Bible on the weekday Masses. And it's always important to remind ourselves that it doesn't have just something to say, something important, but something to say to me. So part of really drawing out that richness of the Word of God is really looking at those words from sacred scripture every day, even if we can't go celebrate the Eucharist every day and participate in the liturgy of the Word, but something as simple as popping open the readings of the day on the website of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. They have a daily readings page. There are other apps that do it. And even just taking a moment to read the the readings for the day, say, what is God trying to speak to me about? 
And if you do that, over the period of a couple of years, practically every word that our Lord has put in sacred scripture will pass before our eyes, and the Holy Spirit will have that opportunity maybe to get in a word edgewise and help us to shape our lives in a different way. But we also count on those people who help us to do that. Commentaries on sacred scripture, hopefully the homilies on sacred scripture. I hope I helped you somewhat. I don't make any pretensions, but I hope you get something out of this homily. Um, sometimes I, I joke about the fact that, you know, there's high, you know, the, the, the priest is basically, he tries to be the instrument of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he's a high quality Bose speaker. Sometimes he's a Radio Shack discount special. <laughs> But the important thing is, okay, what is the Holy Spirit trying to say through this, right? So, as in all, uh, all the times where we come together in the Liturgy of the Word, uh, part of my job is to help you also see what is God trying to say to you today. And I think what he's trying to say to us all today in the readings is really summarized uh, in the first part when Jesus comes to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, and it summarizes his message, it says, this is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And that's what our Lord wants to remind us about today, specifically repentance and belief in the gospel, a repentance that turns into action. We see that in all of the readings today. In the first reading today, we see the people of Nineveh receive an ultimatum the God of Israel is not even their God. They're a pagan people. They don't follow the God of Israel. But this prophet shows up, who is part of the people of Israel, and says, in 40 days you're going to be destroyed. And as it says, the people of Nineveh believed in the message that was spoken to them, and so that's why they dressed in sackcloth, and they showed that they were sorry for their sins. They made a sign of repentance. Conversion involves taking a new direction in life. And believe it or not, conversion is not just that thing that we do in that first moment when we're baptized, because for the majority of us, we were little babies who didn't even know what was going on when we were baptized. Conversion is a lifelong process, because due to our strivings for holiness, but also our struggles with sin, we are always going off track. Some people, gravely sinning, they're doing a 180, and they're not going anywhere. Some people, it's just a matter of little course corrections. But conversion etymologically literally talks about conversio, which means taking another direction, getting back on track in the sense of somebody who's already really sincerely striving for a life of holiness. Or for some people, it means taking a completely different direction of life because the Lord directs that message to them. And through their belief in the Lord and in his message, they take a new direction in life. And sometimes that can be very radical. It can be like night and day. So with the people of Nineveh, they put that into action. And it's interesting that at the start of the gospel today, it makes a point of saying after John had been arrested. So John had been preaching repentance for sins. The baptism of John was come forward in sorrow for your sins and show it, basically. So he was getting them ready for the coming of the word of God in person. And people responded to that. And so we see in the first pages of the gospel how the people, the disciples of John, start becoming the disciples of Jesus. And at one point they go to John and they say, look, what's going on? He's stealing your disciples. And John, and John says, no, 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 that's exactly how it's supposed to be. So we see that John is concluding his ministry. His ministry is winding down the last prophet of the Old Testament, the bridge between the Old and the New Testament. And the Lord is bringing that ministry forward because 
John was always that spokesperson for the Lord, even before the incarnation of our Lord, even before he started his public life. And in a certain sense, we see a foreshadowing of that as well, because not only do we see Jesus starting his public ministry, but we also see him calling the first disciples who would be the first apostles. So he wants that repentance and faith to turn into action. In the Old Testament with the Ninevites, we see that repentance, and as it says, God relents of the destruction that he was going to visit upon them because they showed that they were sorry for what they had done. But he shows us with that conversion repentance with faith in him that then we too have to become his co-workers in getting his word out and getting the message out. And so our uh, St. Paul in the second reading today talks to us about another aspect because it's not just actions, but it's also attitude. In, Paul, in the same second reading today, Paul reminds us that the world in its present form is passing away. And he talks about various things that are a normal part of life, but he invites us to put them into their perspective because conversion also implies detachment. It implies detaching yourself from something, but for the sake of something greater. So when he talks, for example, about those who are mourning, I really feel when I look at that word of God, one of the things he's talking about, the people who are in a difficult situation here in this world as it is, the situation of the world, illness, some spiritual struggle, and he's encouraging them, saying that a better world is to come. And at the same token, those who think everything is going fine and maybe they're in a little bit of denial, he puts them on guard and says, well, maybe you better think about that. And maybe that's that, invi- that invitation to conversion for them as well, that the word of God hasn't penetrated them to realize, hey, I've got to get my act together. But he teaches us that detachment for the sake of something greater. And that's the key. The key to that growth and holiness, the key to that detachment, is not just focusing on what I have to detach myself from, but on the fact that I'm detaching myself from something for the sake of something greater. And that's always the key. If you're just focusing, oh, gosh, i got to give this up. I mean, in a few weeks, we're going to be starting Ash Wednesday, right? And I'm sure there's some people say, oh, boy, Ash Wednesday's coming up. Okay, what am I going to give up? Okay, what can I handle giving up? What can I not handle giving up? I'm sure that the discourse doesn't enter even to some people's mind. It's like, oh, this is going to be quality time with our Lord. He's going to help me to work on those things that I should be working on. He's going to be giving me special graces to help me to work on those things I should be working on. They're focused too much. It's like, this has been a rough year. Can I really give up the candy this year? I mean, you know, it's just a little chocolate, right? Or something even more spiritual. It's like, okay, charity this year. Boy, the COVID thing, political situation. Gosh, I don't know. What our Lord invites us to do when giving up things is tough, when trying to progress in our spiritual life, he always wants us to focus on the end game. And he, he summarizes that today as the kingdom of God. He doesn't say the kingdom of God is coming in the future. He says the kingdom of God is at hand. The time of fulfillment is at hand. The kingdom of God is not just something in the future that's going to be established when our Lord is going to come and clean house, so to speak, and all that. The Israelites had that expectation. But our Lord came and preached a different message. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. We believe that it has come in his person, that he has established it, that it is already starting to work in each one of us, and in all the good that flows out from the church and the ministry of Jesus, it is starting to influence the world in a good way as well. 
And when we keep that in mind, when we keep that on our horizon, it changes our attitude to things as well. Because conversion and repentance is not just actions, but it's also attitude. And as long as we keep that in mind, the fact that that seed of eternity has already been sown in us through our baptism, and it's watered, if you will, as long as we strive to live a holy life, as long as we receive the sacraments, we believe that one day that's going to blossom in eternity into something beautiful. And that should color our actions and our perceptions and our attitudes right now in this world. And it will make this a better world. Sometimes it won't be an active process. Sometimes it will be as simple as going out in the world with people who are not believers and they just pick up that there's something different about you. I had an experience like that way before I was practicing my faith seriously, way before I decided to become a priest. I was a Catholic, practicing Catholic more or less. And at work, every once in a while, a coworker would come up to me and ask me a question or something. But, oh, okay, you're Catholic, so what do Catholics say about this? One coworker sat down and wanted to have a conversation with me about religion. And I wasn't really an active or dynamic Catholic in any way, so I was like, what's the big deal? I mean, what are people coming up to me about this for? Because they didn't realize the importance of my identity. Even if those people didn't believe, they noted that something different was going on. And I think I could say that even in my actions, it gave them pause on how they were living their life, how the world was doing, who was God, who was God to them. So we need to keep that in mind. And when we strive for our holiness, and if sometimes we want to really kind of push it to help people along as well, sometimes we just have to take a step back and say, if I live my life with love for God and with love for others, things are going to fall into line. It's going to give people food for thought. And in that way, we're showing what the Word of God has done in our lives to help other people seek out the Word of God, either through us or in prayer or through the sacraments or seeing a scripture reflection or what have you. So, as we continue this celebration of the Eucharist, let us thank our Lord for coming down and showing us the way. He's the fulfillment, the culmination of the Word of God speaking to us throughout salvation history. And ultimately, God came in person to say, this is the way, follow me. Let's thank him in a special way in the Eucharist today for that gift. And let's continue to try to follow him and examine any parts of our life where maybe we need a little bit of a course correction. In those moments of Thanksgiving after communion today, Lord, show me whatever you want to say to me today to get me back on track and to keep progressing in that life of holiness. We wait for the Lord with courage, firm in our belief that we will see the bounty of the Lord. Full of trust, we pray that the church will be ever more fruitful in proclaiming the kingdom of God and the truth of the gospel. We pray to the Lord. That in a world torn by strife, God's people may shine forth as a prophetic sign of unity and concord and for Christian unity. We pray to the Lord. That God will bless the March of Life in Washington, D.C. that is being celebrated virtually this year and that all will be converted to the gospel of life. We pray to the Lord. That many young people will respond to Christ's call to follow him in the consecrated life and in the priesthood. We pray to the Lord. For those who experience anguish and sorrow in their lives, that the Lord will relieve their burdens and give them joy. We pray to the Lord. For the grace to be repentant and to believe ever more firmly in the fulfillment Christ offers, we pray to the Lord. 
For the people of the parish for whom this Mass is offered, we pray to the Lord. We also pray this week for Father Trent of our diocese, who passed away last week. And we also pray for Father Joseph Southwood, Legionaries of Christ, who passed away this week. And for all the faithful who have died. We pray for those who have died. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. Loving Father, through the gift of your Son, a light has arisen in our lives. May we be true to that light through Christ our Lord. Let us now join our prayers to those of the Blessed Mother as we sing. <laughs> 